Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. With Jamie Rivers and Alex Ferrario, I'm Brandon Kylie. It's Rivers and BK on 101 ESPN. Happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by Peter Burns. He's an ESPN and SEC Network studio anchor. He is the host of SEC This Morning on Sirius XM. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Peter Burns ESPN. Peter, we always appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well, boys. Just trying to figure out, uh, I can't believe it's the it's the last first day of the month for the uh, year of 2020, so I'm happy about that. Like, Thank God, believe, man. Like, if we could just fast forward and get into like, the DeLorean or something like that and get to like April, I think we'd be in good shape. As, uh, you know, we're trying to finish this football season, and who the hell knows what happens with college basketball season. But, uh, you know, truthfully, the SEC has handled it pretty well. I mean, you know, they're still on pace to have, what, conference champion and play every single one of their uh, scheduled games, even albeit in a little bit of a different order than they expected. So it's just been a chaotic year, to say the least. Yeah, I think some Mizzou fans will take a little bit of an exception to that when they didn't play for like three out of four weeks. But, hey, they're going to get the games <laughs> in, and that's all that matters at this point. And I did want to ask you about the Tigers, Peter, because – Man, what a job Eli Drinkwitz has done this season. I mean, he comes in, and it's mostly the same team in terms of the players that are on the roster as it was a year ago, but he's got them at 4-3. and three. They've got a real shot to win at least six games this season. I wanted to ask you about his candidacy for SEC Coach of the Year this year. Where do you think he ranks in terms of the jobs that we've seen from SEC coaches this season? I mean, i got to be honest with you. It's right up there where I think we're Sam Pittman, who got a lot of run, uh, earlier this year for the job that he did at turning around what's going on in Fayetteville, who, you know, who Arkansas, who Missouri is playing this weekend. And, 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 you know, the more I look at it, the more I, and I talk to people after they play Missouri, I hear from coaches and assistant coaches going, that's a damn strong coach football team. And what I mean by that is just the fundamentals. And even when they make adjustments, it seems that, that, that Drinkwitz and the Tigers, that sometimes they might be outmanned. They don't have the, the sure athletes to do it. But scheme-wise, they were just extremely sound. And really, you know, and, and Drink told us this week on the show, it, it felt weird that they even had close to 60-some-odd players. I mean, think about that. You know, traditionally, SEC rosters around 85, 100 players. And he goes, man, it felt great just to having 65 guys. So for him in this pandemic year, uh, taking over a team in which he didn't recruit a bunch of these guys to win them over and have a legitimate shot of winning SEC Coach of the Year, unbelievable you should be through the moon if you're a missouri tiger fan right now peter if we're talking about missouri and the great job that eli drinkwitz has done 
I think we also have to discuss Nick Bolton and the season that he's having and the difference that he's been on that defense for Mizzou. Is he in the conversation now as a, as a guy that should be considered for defensive player of the year in the conference? I mean, not only necessarily in the conference, but it's unfortunate that, you know, Missouri's not getting more top 20 run. And, and if, if they had the season, you know, a normal year where they would have won a couple of non-conference games, get a little bit more love. Cause you could not look at just SEC uh, player of the year defensively, you could arguably say he should be in, in, in all American throughout the country. Um, and, and maybe one of the best players um, in college football right now. And, you know, Drinkowitz told us this week, we, we had one of our social media guys accidentally misspell his name. And he, and he had some fun with this going, heck, you know, maybe one of these days you might win enough games, you spell my name right. And you could tell he was kind of ticked off by it, which I loved. And he goes, well, I, honestly, I'd just rather them misspell Dick Bolton's name so it upsets him even more, and he continues to play on this level. I mean, listen, guys, we, we knew when Barry Odom had him on the squad a couple of years ago that it was something special. But this year, it's not only what I'm impressed with, what he does in the field, which is traditionally, what, 10 to 12 tackles and just filling up all the stuff that doesn't show on the stat line, the mistakes he cleans up that you'll never see on the stat line, but it's kind of the de facto assistant head coach mentality he takes to that defense. And that's, that's, that's been a tough year to do it. And Nick Bolton is a guy that I can at least go back and say, man, when he's an NFL star, I got a chance to follow him in, in, in college. It's been a heck of a story to watch this year. The last Mizzou question that I wanted to ask you, Peter, is to just kind of look at this game this weekend, Arkansas versus Mizzou. At the beginning of the year, if you told me, hey, it's Arkansas versus Mizzou on December 1st, I would have told you this is going to be potentially one of the saddest games people have ever watched, but it, it's not that way. Arkansas has been really competitive, and this should be a pretty fun game to watch. What are you expecting out of this one? I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting that Missouri is the better team here, and I think they're, they're, that's the reason why I think I'm leaning towards to see what Basilak is able to do, simply for the fact of, you know, between Basilak feeling more and more comfortable each and every week, despite not having this world-wide receiving crew, I think that's that's it's getting better each and week. But between Beatty and Roundtree, I think the offensive line is finally gelling, and Drink is being really creative in the way that he used them. And listen, I kind of thought, hey, Vanderbilt had been playing pretty well lately. You know, at, at they, they, the numbers are obviously they hadn't won a game, but Ken Seals had really shown his medal that he was he was solid. And the adjustments they made and flustered him makes me think they, they'll have some success in doing that against uh, Felipe Franks this weekend. I actually like Missouri Tigers beating Arkansas, which will give Drinkowitz, uh, I, I think he'll be the front runner for SEC Coach of the Year after that happens. We're talking with Peter Burns, ESPN SEC Network Studio anchor. And uh, also you can catch him on Twitter at Peter Burns ESPN. Peter, I have a quick question regarding a situation, we'll call it, in college football to where you have a team that's ranked number four, the Ohio State Buckeyes. They've had two real games, I'd call it, but they've only played four overall. How does college football sort this out if this team cannot get the mandatory games required because they are one of the best teams in the nation, but I guess the argument for the other teams is, well, they've barely played and they've only played really two good opponents. This is going to be a bit of a mess. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, I, I've got to see six and oh, I got to see six and oh from Ohio state to, to declare them uh, one of the best teams. I, I need to see at least that part, especially when you have you know, teams like Cincinnati that will probably play nine or 10 games, like even Texas A&M, if they run the table and they're sitting at it nine and one, I, I, it would be hard for me, uh, although the eye test may look that way, 
if it was, hey, one or two games difference and they had played seven or eight games, I'm okay with it, maybe even six. But if you ultimately don't play this week against Michigan State, which is a possibility, and by the way, Ryan Day will not be coaching on the sidelines this week, um, in, in, in the only games you do play is possibly against Michigan, which is not very good. And then again, they will not qualify for the Big Ten Championship more than likely, but they will play a game that day because of the, the Champions Week schedule. I got to see at least six wins from Ohio State in my mind to think that they're going to to be that team that deserves it. Now, again, it's, it's a qu- question is, is it the best teams or is it the most deserving? That combination goes back and forth. I think this year it's, hey, who, you know, Ty is going to go, in my mind, to the team that was able to play a more complete schedule and worked harder at this. And I know the conference worked real hard in the ACC and the SEC to do it. I know the Big Ten has kind of continually shot themselves in the foot. So I'm sorry for any uh, Buckeye fans that hear that. But uh, I, I want to see at least six games from them. Because I do think they're really good guys, and I hope they do play those games. Because, I mean, we all win when we see better college football being played on Saturdays. Peter, you know, the, the counter-argument to that, and Ohio State fans and I'm sure personnel will tell you, you can only win the games that you're allowed to play. And if for no fault of their own, I guess, per se, with this pandemic going on, they're limited to four games right now. Yes, we'd like to see them get to 6-0, and but what if they're held back? What if the league, what if college football says, no, you can't play these games? It's kind of not their fault. And the other thing here is, like, even if they do, is a game against Michigan State and Michigan going to tell you a whole lot this year about Ohio State? (laughs) Oh yeah, well, you, we say that, but think about years prior to where Purdue beat them or Iowa sure. just snuffed up and beat them. I mean, this is also a Michigan State team that, if they played, um, just beat Northwestern, who is a fairly solid team. And keep in mind, if they do play the Spartans this weekend, this will be without their head coach, and there'll be the fact that they didn't practice all week long. So that game, honestly, I want to prove your medal because if you're a college football playoff contender you probably should be able to roll out, quote-unquote, your team and still have success, especially if Justin Fields is playing. Um, we just saw with you know Nick Saban not being on the sideline for Alabama, they had success. Uh, they didn't blink against in uh, Iron Bowl and uh, against Auburn. So, again, I, I, I just feel for all of the kids. I mean, this of all years would have been a perfect year for the college football playoff committee to dip their toes in the water and go, let's just see what it feels like by going to eight teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I think what we're seeing is, guys, it's hard enough to play week to week right now, much less tell, you know, put all these contracts on a hold trying to play an extra four games when we're just struggling to get by the season right now in the middle of this pandemic. Final quickie for you, Peter. I know you got to get out of here. If you had to put your Heisman ballot out there today, what would it look like? Right now, gosh, I would probably go Trask being one, Mac Jones being two. Trevor Lawrence being three and Justin Fields being four. Um, and I and, and I, I feel bad because I have not – and the only reason why I say that, I have not – I don't have a Heisman vote, so don't send me to that. Uh, I have not had a chance to really watch Zach Wilson. And I, I think that that's one of the things that if I did have a Heisman vote, I'd, I'd study a lot more because I hear the kid. I've seen highlights of him. He's great at BYU, and I think you got to give love to those guys, and it's not their fault. Their schedule has been kind of screwed up a little bit, but – um, Zach Wilson would give some love uh, in, in as well. And unfortunately, it's a quarterback-driven sport now, and that's why the Heisman tends to go that way. He's Peter Burns. Check him out on SEC Network. He's a studio anchor, also host of SEC This Morning on Sirius XM. Peter, we always appreciate the time, man. Look forward to talking with you each and every time that we're able to have you on. All the best to you and your family. 
You guys have a good holidays. Be safe, and uh, let's hope uh, this uh, Missouri bandwagon continues to roll on. It's been sure as hell fun to watch Drink and the Tigers play.